everybody, welcome back to the Tomahawk. I'm Mike, Matt's up top, Justin's over there, and we're going to talk about the Carolina series. It was looking really good uh, after the first game, and then the second game came, and there's a lot of a uh, lot of good stuff in there, and then it turned into a heartbreaker. But I think a big positive from this is is that you know we can hang with the top teams in the in the uh, in the division. And we can beat the uh, the uh, worst teams as well. It was kind of funny in years past. It seemed like a common a common thread with the Hawks was that they would play really well against the top teams and then lose against the you know the bottom feeders down there. So Matt, what did you think of the uh, of the Carolina series in general? Um, I thought we were giving up way too many shots still. Um. Thought Lankinen played good. That last goal that ended up being the goal head, go ahead in the second game, kind of like a change up knuckleball type of shot, and he kind of kicked it out. It was bad luck. But uh, I think a couple players that stood out to me were actually Dylan Strom. I thought he was really, really good. Um, I thought Connor Murphy was solid, and um, I mean Kaner. Of course, you know, a guy is still, he had a nice steal on the one guy and gave DeBrink had a nice pass in the first game. Um, but other than that, Lincoln had played good. It's, it, it just, it hurt the way it ended. Uh, we would have liked to get a point, but uh, it just didn't work out that way. You know, almost like it's, it's soul crushing in a way because it's, you know, they're thinking like, hey, you know, we can win this. We're going to walk out of this. And then before you know it, you you lose at the very end and you go in, you know, incredibly dejected. I mean, to be honest with you, I think that's even worse than, than getting beat up the whole game, you know. So, uh, <laughs> Justin, what do you think, man? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the first game. You know, I feel like they were almost lucky to get out of there with a win. Um, I know I, I think that night I texted Matt and I know I was kind of I was harping on this, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I think they were the the, the amount of out, the way that they're getting outshot just worries me because I feel like with Lincoln and he's a rookie, he's going to start to get tired. And I don't know if the Hawks have the defense to kind of back him up as much as like they did during the uh, during the cup years where it was like, you know, what, whoever you whoever you put behind Seabrook and and uh, Keith and, and uh, you know, everyone else, they'll be, they'll be fine back there. But like, um, I think the, the first hurricanes game, it was 32 shots to 16 shots. But I think the real reason that that was so rough is I was looking at the faceoff percentage and the Hawks only won like 35% of the faceoffs right. in that first game. So, I mean, right there, every time the hurricanes get the puck from a faceoff, you're setting them up, especially if they're in your own zone, you're going to give up some more shots right there. So that was rough. Um, I think the first game against Carolina was good though, because they stayed more physical. I think the hits were pretty close. There's a little more physicality, which was nice to see because the Hawks are kind of always, you know, they'd rather just kind of skate by if they could instead of taking, getting physical, uh, especially in the corners. Second game, you know, it was a heartbreaker at the end. Like you guys said, um, man, that was rough to watch. I feel like they, they really deserved that game. Lincoln was keeping a minute. Um, I couldn't believe in the first period of the last game, though, like they had three shots in the first period. And I think it was Olchek on the broadcast. I think it was Olchek or maybe it was Foley. But one of them said that this was like the third time that had happened this season already where they were held to like under three shots in the first period, which just like blows my mind. Like you couldn't manage to get more than three shots yeah. in 20 minutes, you know, but 
at least they're staying competitive. I mean, that's all you can ask for. I mean, that's all I can ask for this season. I'm still shocked that they're hanging in there for a playoff spot. I thought we'd be down by like where Detroit was this season. So, uh, it is what it is. I mean, I just I just keep hoping they back up Lincoln because he's going to need help as the season goes on. So, Justin, that's it's incredible. Anyway. I mean, they're they're actually getting outshot in some games two to one, and they're winning these games by more mm-hmm. than one goal. You know, so is it is it that they're, you know, do you think that they're trying to get too too pretty with with goals or are they, is is it a, is it a passing? Is it a passing thing? Because a lot of times they're trying to do a lot of cross ice passes, and they get uh, they get intercepted a lot. What do you think? You know, that's a great question, Mike. I feel like when it's five on five, I think I don't know if they're just trying to be too pretty because the power play has like been working great, right? I think they're still in the top five for power play. Does that sound about right? Top two. All right, thank you, Matt. Um, so I mean, in that regard, it's great. Obviously, when they're playing a man up, but. If if they just put more pucks on, even if they're not the best shots, I feel like their offense is is pretty strong despite being outshot so much. Like if you just kept putting pucks on and getting going to the right spot, you're probably going to score even more. So they might be more of an offensive threat than we give them credit for. But you know, I I don't know. I think you like you said. I think they're maybe trying to be too fancy. I don't know, Matt. What do you think? Well, I don't know if you guys noticed, but they kind of carry the puck in like the old school Hawks and. Teams are onto that. I mean, they they're ready for them at the blue line. So the first blue line, <laughs> you got to chip and chase. It's old school. You gotta you gotta dump it in, get a man on him. I you know Ryan Carpenter, he's actually that line has been really effective because when they're dumping it, that guy is like a hound. Yeah, and he's getting into the turnovers. zone and he's like he's like and, pinning it into the boards. Well, and he's getting it back up to his D and. Honestly, our D, they don't get too many shots through. It's either wide or in the chest, you know? Yeah, I agree. Do you think that the defense offensively and defensively, there's a problem there, Matt? Uh, A problem with getting the shots through? Well, getting the shots through and defending. Yeah, I think, well, we don't really have, like, you know, like a Brent Burns, like who's a can fire the puck. We don't really have a guy like that. Keith, he never shoots. I think he's got like one goal in seven years. Um, Seabrook probably was the last, pretty the last guy who could you know tee one up and it'll it'll get through. But I, we got like you said, we got like Justin said actually with the pretty plays and pretty passes, highlight reel like. Backhand passes to Kane and Kane gives. It's not going to work like that. You we got to start getting ugly goals and fired on net. You never know. I mean, I think Dylan Strom had another tip in the second game that went right over. Uh, what was it James Reimer in that? I think I think it was Reimer, and it went right over his head. We just missed the crossbar, but right. You never know. You screen the goalie, you get tips, and you got to score ugly. And like I think I agree with Justin. I think this pretty place. It's got to stop. Let's just old school, you know, put it on net, hope for a rebound or hope it even goes through. Hey, Justin, do you think that do you think that the the play that the Hawks are doing? I mean, I agree with you 100 percent, Matt. You know, it seems that, you know, that someone starts carrying it up and then they they have like a full head of steam and then they just drop it back, you know, and then 
Kaner's kind of hanging out back there. And then he does a circle around. And then he carries it up, you know. And you know he's not going to pass it. <laughs> you know, it's not that he's a puck hog, but it almost is. It seems like they think that he's the only guy who can carry it into the zone. You know, I think that Bolquist does it all the time, and uh, and and leaves it for for dunks or for for Kane. I think that anybody, just as long as you get to that that blue line, can just chip it in, and everybody just do a kamikaze into the zone. You know, and it it doesn't seem like like they're doing that. Matt, do you think that maybe a kamikaze into the zone is is something that they can do, or is there, or is there something else that that uh, that would be more effective? Well, the whole point chase, of dump and chase is to wear out your opposing defense. So, say first period, it's you're not getting too many chances, but you're dumping it in, you're getting on that defenseman, you're putting a body on him, you wear him down. Then in the third period when they're dead tired and looking over their shoulder, like, Oh shit, I'm going to get hit again. They're, they make mistakes and those mistakes create scoring chances. And that's, I had a coach who told me that. And I was like, why are we doing, why are we playing this way? We got so much skill. He goes, no, you want to wear them down third period. You take control of the game. And we, we ended up winning a lot of games because of that. Wow. You know, I, uh, you know, looking at the Hawks, I don't think that they're really built for that type of, that type of game we've got no way. we've got like maybe two guys that'll that'll hit people Connor Murphy and and, and Zadarov and um and they can't chase <laughs> yeah and they can't no they can't chase yeah. at all and then you got other guys like Boquist who's like 5'11 you know he's not going to be he's not going to be hitting people you know and well, uh and I don't I just don't think the team is is built is built for that which is a which is a Bowman issue but because- I, I don't think that Bowman built this team to be uh, to be physical I think that he meant for them to be fast and agile and 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 talented Justin do you think that maybe having a more talented team is better than having maybe a um, maybe a rougher team yeah yeah I mean yeah I mean I think you can you can find a decent balance I feel like you don't want to steer too far into one direction I it constantly reminds me of was it the ducks of 20. 2015 now where the big thing was all, you know, we're going to, we're going to watch you guys. We're going to hit you guys so hard in the playoffs against the Hawks. You know, you guys aren't going to know what to do. And it's like, you you can't hit, but you can't catch. Right. Like that was the whole thing of the, of that series. But I I feel like you got to have a happy medium. Um, For me though, I feel like just the way the defense is constructed right now, I think you and Matt were, you had a lot of good points about trying to, you know, tee one in from the blue line and then getting people in the net, but they're not necessarily hitting the net or they're going shooting wide or they're getting blocked. Um, I am on hockey reference right now. So if you pull up the top two scorers for the Hawks defense pairings right now is, uh, Boquist, he's got two goals and 12 assists, which he's young like that. That's pretty good. Right. For 20 something sure. games. I think he's played the second leading defenseman scorer. He's got he, one goal. Like everyone else has like six. Yeah, he's got one goal. So the rest is all like six, seven points. You know, I think Connor, Connor Murphy's actually one or two behind Keith. But like when that's your defensive core, I mean, don't get me wrong. I They're doing much better this year than I thought they would. But it's like, all right, you can't rely on those guys. That You don't really have any strong offensive defensemen. And at the same time, you're letting these guys win faceoffs and get extra shots. So the, the defensive side of it's kind of struggling a little bit, too. And I feel like you don't want to have like a house of cards. Cause once that collapses, it's going to leave, uh, you know, it's going to leave Lincoln and her Subban. Who's ever back there. It's going to leave them out to dry. And then things are really going to get bad. But 
I don't know. You got to find a balance between being a, a, a physical team and more of a skill team. I don't know. That's just like growing up watching hockey with my dad. It was like, you know, you got to let them know you're there, but you know, you can't only focus on that. Otherwise, you know, you're going to end up in the penalty box half the time. In closing, at least on the Hawks, I'm going to say that, uh, I think that they they need to have the defense really start getting pucks through and onto the goalie so that they can create some rebounds and create some uh, some dirty goals instead of uh, moving the puck around from from corner to corner for about thirty seconds, you know, getting it back to somebody. Somebody finally takes a shot and it sails wide, you know, which is constantly happening. But I want to move on into uh, Matt into the sin bin with Matt. Give him five minutes or maybe a 10-minute major today. He might have something hot. What do you got for us today, Matt? All right, boys. Um, I was listening to <laughs> NHL radio today, and good discussion. Um, this that, better not be about Vinny Hinestroza. I hope this isn't like your <laughs> oh. big freaking thing that you're putting out there. No, no. It's actually it's about the expansion draft, and um, I got to pull up a little uh, reference here. But so every team has to protect seven forwards, and uh, let's see, one goalie, and it doesn't say anything about defense. But who do you think the Hawks are going to protect? And you can't pick Kane and Taves because they have the mo- the no movement clause as well with Keith. Um, I think we remember we were talking about uh, Dylan Strom. He, I think, since he's got a year left, I think they're not going to protect him, and I think that he might be the odd man out. And I, I, I don't know why Seattle would want him, but I think out of our team, he might be the only option for them to. Unless it's a young prospect that's not protected, well, but I just wanted to know your guys' thoughts. I'll go first, and then if and then Justin will go. Um, I th- believe the way that the rules are set up that they absolutely have to protect. They have to w- waste three protections on Taves, Kane, Kane, and Keith because that they do have no trade no trade clauses. So that takes up three right there. So they only have four left. So, out of that four, obviously DeBrinket's going to be one of them. Uh, that's one. Lankinen. Um, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lankinen. Tough, right? Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. We, we, we got to talk forwards. So, we have four forwards left. That's DeBrinket, more than likely Hagel. Uh, um, tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is tough. I don't. Kirby Doc. I don't think that they'll protect Strom, uh, a Kirby Doc, one hundred percent, and um, God, maybe Suter. <laughs> you Bowman's going to have a tough summer with that. Yeah, he's going to lose some sleep because he's losing like a Kershev or yeah. I mean, you got to. He's going to even a, a young defenseman. I mean, if we got if you said there's three defensemen, right? Right. Or four. Well, Keith included, right? Right. So it's okay. So that's we got to protect Murphy probably, and oh, and and Mitchell, Bowden, and um, their entries, right? Yeah, they're they're, so they're they don't safe. count they don't count against it. Mitchell yeah. Bowden, and I think oh, you know what, Bolquist, because this is his second year, I believe that he has to be protected. What do you think, Justin? 
Uh, I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, I, I'd say I'm right there with you guys. The one, I don't know if I heard you guys say, I would definitely protect Kubalik. Yeah. I don't know if was that yeah. one you guys mentioned. I did not mention him. You know, but I mean, the rest of those, I mean, I'm looking at their roster right now. There's nobody, what, um, in terms of defense, do you protect, is it, now Ian Mitchell, is he yeah. technically an entry level? No, so would you not have to, to protect protected. him? So in terms of defense, yeah, I mean, there's not really kind of tell them take their pick I, you know yeah. i feel bad saying that but it's like i don't know and, and yeah in, in terms of a goalie i mean if you have to let one go you keep lankin and then delia who knows if they're ever going to give him another shot suban i could yeah. take or leave i mean it's it's definitely not nearly as contentious as i feel like it was when yeah. the knights were coming in you know it was like holy cow what are we going to do i mean like matt was saying earlier there's a few guys you want to make sure you have them around but um yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know. I'll be curious to see what they do. I know Nashaw is on long time, right. long term IR, so will they have to protect him? I don't believe that, so. I don't know how that I don't, I don't think in, that but... they would have to protect him because um, because um, it's not like a contract stipulation. He's on LTIR because of an injury. Okay. So yeah, I mean, other than that, I, yeah, I mean, there's a few rookies that are, are, you know, second year guys you'd hate to see go, but at the same time, I feel like some of them are a dime a dozen at this point. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I always get super excited whenever there's expansion or something like that in the first place, just cause it's, it's exciting to see a new team and especially the way the NHL is doing this, where you're pretty much guaranteeing the expansion team, at least a shot at making the playoffs. It's not like in the like when we were kids in the nineties, I think the sharks won like what seven wow. games their first season or something like that. I mean, it was, it was awful. You know, Ottawa for the was first really bad years, too. So. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. They had uh yeah. Yashin, right? Yashin, that was pretty much they, it. They, then, yeah. they, so. um, then they drafted Alexander Daigle and then they drafted um, a blast from the past boys. And then they drafted uh, Daniel uh, Alfredson and then they started winning some games, mm-hmm. but it was absolutely a brutal for them for for a few years, you know. Matt, what what are your mm-hmm. feelings on Kurashev? Because I I I obviously believe Kubalik will be the other one protected, but Kurashev has shown some some signs of brilliance. To be honest with you, not only offensively, but uh, but back checking as well. Do you think that maybe he gets a protection and maybe Hagel does not? Dude, it's gonna be a tough summer for Bowman. I I mean. Like we got a lot of good young, and I forgot Justin mentioned Kubalik. I forgot about him, and I mean we can't let a thirty guy, thirty goal guy go for nothing. Yeah, I mean that that would be heartbreaking and just devastating for our offense. Because I thought him and Taves had a little chemistry going on in that uh, playoff series with uh, Edmonton. They did. Yeah, did. I mean, uh, during during the year they did uh, as well. Yeah, but actually, now that I, I think about it, is Kershev a rookie? I, you know what, man? I don't. I don't know if he had is even on like an entry level deal. I think it's more of a free agent signing, and I think Suter is too. A free agent signing? Because he played in the. Uh, wasn't he in like the like Swiss a, league? An elite league? Yeah, the Swiss elite or something. So I mean. Shoot, it it sucks because, I mean, we we have no choice. We have to protect the Brinkat and Doc. We have no choice. That's five right there, right? Yeah. Or four. Four. So four. then, you got to pick one of these guys. You got to. Is it going to be uh, Hagel? Is it going to be? 
I, it's, it's super tough. And I, I thought about it the whole way to work today. And I'm like, man, this would be a good conversation to have. <laughs> hey, Justin. And it is. It's, it's really, it's hard. Justin, do you, hard. does, is Kurashev on an entry level deal or is he a free agent? So it looks like he, it looks like he was in the AHL last year with the Ice Hogs, and then he was in the queue uh, the year before that. So, and he played a couple. It looks like he had like an entry, or not an entry, um, like a uh, what do they call that? Like where they they give you like three or four games. Yeah, he had like a tryout contract with Rockford in 2018, 2019 as well. So he hasn't played international since 2019. So I can't, I can't really find anything saying if it was a. I'm assuming if. Yeah, he went to the Ice Hogs, and he was in the. He was like I said, he played sixty games in the for the Quebec Ramparts. So maybe they drafted him out of the out of the queue. I don't know. I don't remember them making that a big be, deal. Uh, I don't know. He might. I, that's be a good question. Then, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, the Hawks actually might oh, be. Yeah. They might be safe. <laughs> so, so Matt, <clears throat> going forward. Okay, we we covered the expansion. What else do you got, man? Uh. Well, I got some good news. The The Buffalo Sabres finally won after, what is it, 17, 18 games. And they, they lost, or they beat Philly, which they're just been on a terrible run. And me and Justin were talking about the, the Ghost Bear getting uh, waved. And a couple years ago, man, he was like the next up-and-coming mobile puck-moving defenseman in uh, – they uh, no one no one claimed him. I'm assuming just. I mean, I didn't hear anything, and I, I I'm really really surprised. Like a team, even like us, didn't take a chance on him. He's got a pretty fair cap hit, and I I maybe it's maybe it's a salary, but I mean we have cap space, so I don't. We need we need to upgrade our defense. I think, and maybe give our young guys a little bit of a break. I think Mitchell has, like we said, he's never played this many games i mean college what is it every weekend you play sometimes on a weekday and i i, I think if there's a defenseman available the hawks they got to get on it yeah i mean he was on a uh he was on a steady diet of uh, one game a week uh benders and whores you know so now it's just uh three games a week and he's losing uh losing his knees so justin do you think that do you think that uh the defense is something that the Hawks can even upgrade as, as they go forward. <laughs> they better. Uh, I was so ex- I was so excited when I saw that ghost, uh, ghost despair got waved. I texted Matt right away. I'm like, dude, this is, you know, he's having a really bad season. He didn't have a good season last year, but I feel like last year, last year is a mess. I mean, just with the craziness that yeah. was going on in general, but I mean, three, four years ago, like he was an up and coming puck moving defenseman. We just had that huge discussion about puck moving defenseman cut me. Right. So I know I texted Matt that night. I'm like, you know, he had a 4.5 million cap hit for two more years wow. after this year, but this year the Hawks only had to pay 1.5. I'm like, that would have been per- just to try it out. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, that's dead money if you bury him in the minors, but I mean, the, the, the guy's only in his early twenties. It's like, come on, give him a shot. But I, I couldn't believe that nobody like nobody even gave him a chance. And he's just sitting in, was it Lehigh Valley now? I think is their farm team in the AHL. So I don't understand that. I think that would have been a perfect opportunity to bring in someone else with experience. I mean, Bowman's really big on reclamation projects, right? <laughs> That's, it seems like he always finds some yeah, diamond in the rough. This would have been a perfect opportunity. I mean, especially this season where 
maybe I'm not representative of the whole fan base, but like I kind of was just hoping they were competitive this season, if, and I didn't assume them to make the playoffs. But you can have this guy come in, and if things go well, he's a top top two, maybe top yeah top one or two pairing defenseman. And if things don't go well, he's in your he's in your bottom bottom half pairings for D. So I was shocked nobody picked him up. Um, I feel like though the Hawks. The offense, when it's working right, it's fine. They just they need to work on the defense and and build from the back out. You know what I mean? But that's just do you think, that's Justin. Just me. Do you think that the kids are maybe just just nervous that you know, like say Mitchell's like, oh, I got Patrick Kane there, I got Dunks over there, you know, I got to pass it off. You know, I, I, do you think that maybe they're maybe holding them back a little bit? Oh yeah, I mean, I. I speak from playing men's league hockey and playing with men's league with Matt for a bunch of years. I was so in my head the first couple seasons, like I, I knew what to like, I had a rough idea of what to do, but in your, you, you try to physically do it. And it's like, no, I can't do it. Cause these guys know much more. They have played hockey a lot longer than I have. So I can't even imagine being at the pro level. Like you said, you look over and you got Patrick Kane right there and your, or your D pairing is Duncan <laughs> Keith. It, you're going to probably take a couple split seconds to make your decision. Like, Oh God, I don't want to screw this up. This is, you know, I finally yeah. made it. This is my chance. So I got to think, I think it's a combination of the nerves probably get to him a little bit. At least it would for me, but that's just me. And then secondly, like you guys were saying, they're playing a lot more, a lot more often. And the season is only what, two thirds of the way over, six, 55, yeah. 60% done. I mean, they got a ways to go. So the, they might start to wear down a little bit. Things might get a little bit worse yeah, before they get better. Think of Ian Mitchell, you know, he was probably a kid watching a Duncan Keith eat his teeth, miss one shift, then come back out. You know, like that's that stuff of legend, you know. Um, Matt, what do you got, man? Well, I was, while you guys were talking, I was looking at the uh, the Ghost Bears stats. I mean, he had a couple seasons. He had a, almost a 50-point season. The Ghost Bear, what's his, his real name? He sounds like a... Sounds like a Shane like Gothis Bear. Oh, okay. Sounds like a Russian they, they taxi call him cab the ghost driver. Bear. That's how he signs his autographs too. He he signs a ghost and a bear. It's pretty cool actually. But uh, he's actually from Florida too, which uh-huh. is kind of weird. You don't not too many good players come out of Florida. But anyway, not a lot his best season, <laughs> 52, 52 assists, I think, uh, in nineteen, and he had uh, sixty five points. And man, it's that's a those are big numbers for a D man. Yeah. We, I mean, we don't even have some top six forwards putting those numbers up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, why not? Unless they're probably fully committed to the, to the youth movement of the, the young guys. I mean, they've got Bowden practically playing in the, in the AHL that kind of goes to show you where they are because he's, I think that he's really, um, I think that he could play in the league, man. I he, obviously he just needs some seasoning, but I mean, he's no worse than Boquist is, you know, and they've got Boquist playing on the on the top pairing. Yeah, I, well, this kid is—he's twenty-seven. I mean, he's, he's pretty freaking young, and he's got more experience than probably Connor Murphy. And and I just think it's—it's it's a shame no one even even made an attempt to claim him. I, usually, sometimes there's like a the they two teams will claim a guy, and it's I think what is the last. If you got a worse record, I think you end up getting to grab him. And even Detroit, I'm Jesus, this guy's Stevie Y. Come on, man, this guy's young. Can build around this dude. And something, maybe there's something behind the scenes, and we we don't hear about. Maybe he's got 
an attitude problem. Like the Rangers got a guy. Uh, no offense. Oh, yeah. Mike Babcock. Offense. But anyway, no, but I think the Rangers have a, a player, too, who was like top five in uh, def- uh, defensive points last year. And I guess he's really bad on social media, and they put him on the taxi squad. I think it's, I think it's a D'Angelo or something, but. It's another like, come on, man! Like, if the, just tell the guy to get off his internet and play hockey and give him a chance, you know. That's not how Don't it is these days, play. man. It's not how it is. Yeah. These guys got to get on Twitter. Yep. They got to be on uh, Instagram. They want to be heard. Yes. Yeah. So, in closing, we'll go around the we'll go around the room. We'll start with Justin, and uh, give us your final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, not to not to. Uh, throw in my leaps there for a second, but I just want to shout out Jack Campbell. Uh, I know in the past, I think one was the last time I was on, I was kind of saying how I was kind of worried because the Leafs didn't really have a backup, but I think I was listening to your guys show last time. And I think you were Matt mentioned about, was it uh quick maybe being brought in right. to back up Anderson? Uh, I just want to shout out Jack Campbell. He, he played tonight against the jets. I was watching the game before we hopped on. He won tonight in a shootout. Uh, he is 8-0 for the season, and he's got like a 1.4 wow. goals against um, and a, almost a 950 save percentage. So I take back everything I ever said about him because he is uh, rocking. Um, so go Leafs. If the Hawks fall apart, at least I have my uh, second team to, to follow and back up. I'll, uh, I'll jump ship to them, but uh, that backup, that's all that I got for you. Call. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case tonight. Exactly. Through. Exactly. <laughs> Matt, what do you got, man? Well, if this is our big trade acquisition, Vinny and his Vinny and Estroza, uh, good to have you back, Vin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess I'll I'll close this out. There is, uh, I think that the Hawks are are I wouldn't say set up to win, but they have what it takes to win games. Clearly, um, what they need to do is have guys step up, whether young or. Or, or old and, uh, you know, stepping up if you're a veteran could be stepping out of the way and letting another younger player come in and get that key experience that they need and maybe give them that opportunity to fail so that they learn. And um, as for a younger player, that means uh, stepping into those shoes and preparing yourself to fail. And if you don't, then uh, then keep driving on, get that confidence because you've got an opportunity of a lifetime with, with an original six team to uh to really play on to, to really play and 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 win because they can win and i think in the locker room they believe that they can win and uh having some of these dejected these dejective um games like they lost against carolina can be um a learn definitely a big learning experience for them where the veterans are like hey look we're going to we're going to take some hits but it's not over you know we're not at in seventh place cl- 10 points down looking for a playoff spot. You know, they're fighting and they're, they're in the race right now. And, uh, and that's a big deal. So uh, that's kind of where I stand at with that. Uh, love the Hawks. Um, I'm definitely getting into more of the NHL trade line news and, and seeing how things are going, going to uh, going to pan out going forward. Uh, welcome back to Chicago, Vinny. Uh, I hope you, I hope you score 50 goals, man. You know, I'm not going to wish you, uh, I'm not going to wish ill of you, you know, so uh, be sure to, uh, uh, you know, root the new guy on and uh, give us a like and a subscribe, guys. And this is Mike, Matt, and Justin, and we're out of here.